This is Garage Logic Podcast number 139, April 16, 2019. <laughs> 91 degrees in this day in 02 and uh, 18 degrees in this day in 2014. And the following ice out records are brought to you by Aquaside. White Bear went out on this day in 1939 and 1971. And on Lake Minnetonka, 1890, 1900, 1906, 1960, and 2002. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Kenny, at some point today, we'll get to the bottom of my claim that medieval churches had slanted floors so they could clean the floors better because they brought animals into churches. I am capable of better research than you, and I've come up with a defense <laughs> of my position. <laughs> so we weren't helped by a GLer? No, I did it. Oh, I okay. got smart Alec responses from GLers. Of course you did. I expect that. Hey, Joe, what hose they use? That traditional rubber one or one of those collapsible ones? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, we'll only, get to it. The we'll only get to research it. I did was while we were on the air. Right, and I can't because I have to do the show. So I have to do my research <laughs> at other times. All right? Joe... Uh, we we should talk, Joe. Yeah, well, you, you have a you have a good life. There's no you get reason, back to me. There's no reason for all this angst. Just get back to me. <laughs> okay, I'll just shut up. Say uh, at this point, we were to have welcomed Ahmed Tharwat, who is a local uh, television interviewer mm-hmm. with an occasional PBS show, and an interview that he had with Ilhan Omar six years ago uh, has been resurfacing. And uh, where he and uh, she seem to be sharing some amusement that that people uh, tense up when they say Al Qaeda, they don't right. tense up when they say American, and uh, he contends that that that's been taken out of context. So I began a dialogue with him, mm-hmm. and yesterday after the podcast, we had a great phone chat, and I explained how to get here and. Uh, uh, suggested that noon would be great if that worked for him, and he said noon will be great. Wonderful. Uh, and then I got here today. Where is he? And I got an email at uh, dated uh, six twenty five a.m. Okay. Good morning, Joe. I was looking forward to chat with you today. However, it seems that I came up with a virus. Been coughing all night. Terribly sorry. And you don't want me around anyway. Ilhan and Muslims won't go away anytime soon. Boy, he's right about that. <laughs> so there'll be plenty of other chances to chat. Good luck. Best, Ahmad. Okay. Well, well that's unfortunate. I was looking forward going. to talking to yeah, him. Yeah, hopefully he can join us at some point in the future. Well, that'll be up to him, because I'm not calling him. But You're he's keeping more the door than, open. He's more than welcome to to invite himself back on the show. Of course. Okay. Because, uh, I hope he takes advantage of it, because it would be a great way to start a dialogue and get out what his side There was only one question that needed to be gotten to the bottom of what'd you have for lunch as my friend david bliss says our f- amateur philosopher over in bulgaria yes. sophia bulgaria he said you know when when something is said to be taken out of context there's really a very simple way to solve that which is you you ask the accuser 
Well, what then was the context? And that's all I wanted to ask Mr. Tharwak. That's pretty straightforward. What What is it? Were you talking about how to prepare a high school term paper? I'm not being facetious. You have to provide me a context in order to then tell me that I've said something out of context. And I, I was prepared to defend uh, the fact that I don't think I've taken any of Ilhan Omar's remarks out of context. I think that's very fair. Right. Would, would it be wrong to just try to get him on the phone? He doesn't want to do a phoner. Oh, okay. He's the one who said, I want to meet you. I want to mm-hmm. see you. Okay. All right. Is it safe if I come there? <laughs> of course it's <laughs> yes, safe. Of course what do you is. think we are? <laughs> well, he's a TV personality, so maybe he just he, he wants to... Uh, Get the physicalness of seeing people. And, and it's a comfort thing. Yeah. I mean, he probably would feel more comfortable having a face-to-face discussion well, as I, opposed to one on the well, phone. He's the opposite of me. Uh, I, I, no, I, I would have, uh, I I think it's just better broadcasting if he's here in person. So that mm-hmm. was that was, that was was going to be great. Now, to, to put a little feather in his cap, mm-hmm. watching the interview and when Ilhan Omar said, I took a terrorism class. Mm-hmm. He did. He did chuckle a little bit, and so what are you? What are you going field trips? Yeah, what gotta, is, what's yeah, going on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a little, yeah, bit, a little yeah. clever, a little humorous. I think I can shed some light on this. Okay. Uh, Trump yesterday, uh, Donald uh, President Trump was in town, and he said, "I'm paraphrasing, but he said something to the effect." Because I think Tom Hauser asked him about Ilhan Omar, and Tom Hauser is will he coming join on the show today in just under an hour from All now. Right. Uh, and uh, the president's response was, she doesn't get life. Remember that response mm-hmm. of his? And I, I think I know what Trump meant. He just, typical of Trump, said it clumsily. clumsily. It's not that she doesn't get life. It's the life she gets is different than any life an American can identify with. That would be my contention. Yeah. It's the life she can identify with is not one that I personally can identify with. She gets life just fine. It's it's a different kind of life she identifies, and that would have been fun to explore with Mr. Tharwat as well, because during that 28-minute interview from mm-hmm. 2013, uh, they, and I'm paraphrasing, and that's why he could have been here to, to correct me, I'm paraphrasing, they were saying that uh, we don't understand the actions of terrorism because they are responding to, uh, it's an ideology, and they're responding to effects on the on people brought about by uh, brought about by others, and we don't recognize that change. But I think I can shed some light on. Uh, here's a New York University professor who uh, wants to know when the memory of September 11, 2001, became sacred. In other words, she's she's disputing the idea that that should be a sacred date in oh. American history. Oh boy! Uh, and she called Representative Dan Crenshaw, Lieutenant Commander Bleephead. What? Oh, okay. This is a professor. This is another reason the academy has failed. Uh, the professor is Talia Levin. She teaches journalism at the university. Well, she doesn't teach journalism. She teaches her own version of it. According to her university bio, Levin teaches a class called Reporting on the Far Right and focuses on far-right extremism and social justice. Let me stop right there. She's not teaching anything. She's proselytizing. Yeah. You think there's a course in the agenda uh, in the syllabus at uh, NYU uh, where they teach reporting on the far left? No, of course not. Nor should there be. How about just no. reporting? Why would you, Those why would days you take are that done. class? Those mm-hmm. days are done. Right. 
In a Saturday tweet, Levin wrote, When did the memory of 9-11 become sacred? In what way? And to whom? What? I meant this is a genuine question, she continued. It was indisputably tragic, world-changing, evil and despicable, and a turning point of history. But sacred is a particular word with its own religious meanings, and I wanted to pinpoint what it means to call such a day sacred specifically. Levin tweeted her thoughts in response to recent controversy, sparked by remarks that Representative Ilhan Omar made about the 9-11 attacks. Omar made the remarks in March while speaking at a CARE fundraiser. During her remarks, Omar appeared to minimize the attacks as some people did something. Uh, And she did say that. I haven't taken that out of context. Right. But I'm going to come back to that. Some people did something. Levin later took aim at Crenshaw, who previously criticized Omar for the remarks she made at that fundraiser. Addressing Omar's remarks on his Twitter page, the the Texas congressman wrote, The first member of Congress ever to describe terrorists who killed thousands of Americans as some people who did something. Uh, Representative uh, Occasional Cortex was just one person who jumped to Omar's defense. Uh, you refuse to co-sponsor the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund, yet have the audacity to drum resentment towards Ilhan with completely out-of-context quotes, she wrote. I don't know anything about the 9-11 Victims Compensation Fund, but if Crenshaw is opposing it, there's technical reasons that I'm unaware of. Okay. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would do that. There right. must be some, it must be attached to an omnibus bill or something that's, that I don't know anything about. That's usually what happens. But, but again... Here's occasional cortex saying that Crenshaw took her remarks out of context. What this country needs to establish, what I was prepared to do today with a guy who apparently knows Ilhan Omar is, then what is the context? You can solve this in two seconds. Tell me what the context was. Right. Because I'm contending to you that none of us or no American is taking that remark out of context. Right. How have we changed it? Plus, 9-11 wasn't founded. I mean, I'm sorry, CARE wasn't founded after 9-11. It was founded in 1994. Yeah, yeah. Levin later tweeted, tweeted a video uh, and said, and she captured the video, the real victim is Captain Bleephead, Bleephead Speaks. Criticism poured in, but Levin stuck to her guns and doubled down on her insults of Crenshaw. Actually, you're right. I should respect his rank, she added. His name is Lieutenant Commander Bleephead. She's a hate monger. This is a tenured professor at New York University. She's she's the one that's propagating hate. Who was purported to be a journalism professor. She's no more a journalism professor than uh, your pet. Uh, She's not a journalism professor. She's a a bleep stirrer is what she is. But we're getting clues here. We're getting clues here. We're getting a little clue. And then this is me, and again, if only Tharwat could be here, he could correct me. He and Omar, in the six-year-old interview, appeared to be amused mm-hmm. that Americans tense up a bit when it comes to al-Qaeda or terrorism, right? Well, Americans have been attacked quite significantly, uh, not only on 9-11, but prior to that right. in, in the same area. Uh, and then, then here comes this professor so-called professor, who wants to know why this should be a sacred memory, suggesting that she also shares the view of a dislike for this country, of a dislike for this country. And she's allowed to 
go through the motions, get her degree, teach at NYU in a free country, which she might not be as free in other countries that she might be defending here, not realizing what a gift she has. It's a completely Mysterian worldview. I would submit shared by this NYU professor, Alexandria Cortex, and Ilhan Omar. They have worldviews. They're just not ours. It's just not a worldview that most Americans can identify with. Right. Although Ilhan Omar is second ranked now in gathering new campaign funding for her next run. There's only one other person in the country in California who's raised more money than she has. She's raised now more than $800,000 for her next run. We better find a good Republican. These are Internet contributions. These are Mysterians who are bent on, if they don't enjoy, they're bent on the reshaping of this country. That they find it an oppressive country. Uh, they're, they're, they're attaching a moral equivalency to anything performed by our military to anything performed by a terrorist. This has happened in other countries, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not the first. They've done it in France, uh, for one. And for one moment, just like 9-11, France came together yesterday yeah. as right. one people. Right. Yep. Now, it won't last long. Yeah, short honeymoon period. Didn't last long here. Would you uh, get the groin kicking ready, please? Uh, because this uh, this so-called journalism professor, Talia Levin, is uh, going into the groiny file for the awards at the end of the year. Talia Levin, you deserve a groin kicking for, uh, if nothing else, your ridicule of a guy who lost an eye fighting for you. That deserves this. They've done it in the Netherlands. They've done it all over Europe. So Trump, God bless him, <laughs> he's like Forrest Gump. Sometimes he gets it right. <laughs> he, when he says she doesn't understand life, I, I kind of sense I know what Trump is saying. Yeah. No, he, she understands life completely. She just doesn't understand an American life. Does she not understand or does she not care? Because I know she doesn't understand my life and the lives of my neighbors. In her district. She ain't going to be sitting on a pontoon boat on the night of the 4th of July on Lake Minnetonka applauding fireworks. Exactly. There. And nor, nor, nor am I suggesting that she should. I'm just saying. Most, but most politicians would. Most would politicians seem, would. Except for your guy in St. Paul. It would seem oh, to me, and this is wild speculation, but it would seem to me that she would come out opposed to the 4th of July. Well, let's not put that on her. We don't know that. You're right. We don't know you're, that. You're absolutely we don't right. Know oh. That. oh, but I, but in this but, day and age, I know what you're saying. The There's that, a better the, way the, to say what Kenny uh, just said. Reckless, reckless speculation. Well, well, there's a but, better way to say it. There's a better way to say it. She might be see, privately or personally amused that we find the 4th of July interesting. Right. She might be personally amused by this. Right. Because I saw condescension in that interview with uh, yeah. Darwin. I saw condescension. And amusement that mm-hmm. we are, uh, what are we? We're uh, hicks. We're we're we don't understand the the higher calling of. And they, and just kind of patted on the head. Oh, <laughs> you silly Americans! And they refuse to understand, or they don't realize that this and that attitude is what got Trump elected. Mm-hmm. That's why he's in office because. 
everybody in rural areas across the country feel left out. Right. That's another reason you can't abolish the Electoral College. Yeah. If you abolish the Electoral College, the presidents will be elected by the people who live closest to the country's tallest buildings. God help us all. Mm -hmm. Sam, earlier I mentioned the uh, ice out records were brought to you by Aquaside. You know that they do, what they do is they help you maintain your lakeshore. They've been doing it for more than 60 years. Lake and pond control products that are safe. They take control of the weeds and algae. And don't let the weeds overtake your lake or pond because then the kids don't want to swim and then you got to put up with them. They're like their own little lake detective. If you could sit there in your lawn chair and watch the kids swim in a weed-free beach, then you're off the hook. You're yeah. off the hook. They've been killing lake weeds for 60 years. Aquaside pellets are their top seller. They're as classic as a Chris Craft boat, aren't they? And... uh <laughs> They've been registered with the EPA and DNR. It's an absolutely fantastic product. And again, it will not harm your lakeshore. All it's going to do is get rid of the weeds that have been overtaking your uh, beach near your dock. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350. That's 1-800-328-9350. Or go to Aquaside.com. And order the pellets you need today, and they'll also uh, they'll also uh, they're very local. They'll also help you with free advice about what you need. Yes, is there anything more creepy than being in the water and having a weed wrap itself oh, around no, your cat? Not like that. Yeah, crabland, like crabland. Right, do not like that. There's crabland. Stay out of that crabland. No. no, Aquaside will take care of you. They'll they'll make it great. Say, we'll be back in just a moment. in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. I've been taken to task by my friend Julia. Why? Gentlemen. Uh-oh, I don't think I like this. As a devoted GLer married to the guy, I hush my children every evening to listen to my Joe. In fact, last night I cranked up the Garage Logic volume while Moron Number Two shared his thoughts about Tiger's new gal. <laughs> the scan bucket must be overflowing. <laughs> Perhaps the very lovely Miss Herman has something to do with Wood's comeback. Behind every successful man is a good woman. We can all agree that Tiger's master's performance was phenomenal. That's a and Such Frumpy. This CI girl who stays fit for the guy after six kids is about as trim as Erica. God help us ladies who stay pretty for our beer-drinking, pizza-eating GL husbands <laughs> if Erica Herman is frumpy. Amen. There's no doubt I'll stay in love with GL and my Joe, but I may not be the only GL gal who made an appointment for you at the scans are us. Good luck. Okay, I got to give myself the money. I got that rattlesnake. She was also inconsolable about the uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Uh, what does Notre Dame mean? Our Lady? Notre Dame? Our Lady. Uh, our gal. Um, yeah. Real Dame quick. is woman in, yes. in, in, uh, in uh, colloquialism. Is our... So I, I immediately regretted bringing that up yesterday. What, Erica Herman? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in fact, when I got home yesterday, she gave me the look like, what, why, why would you say that? I thought, why were you listening? Right. Thank you for listening, but why were you? 
So you I got you were it. listening before? Because <laughs> she typically doesn't d- listen to the show. She used to listen to us when we were on the radio driving home from work. Yeah. But she caught it, and then she said, You know why she's listening? Because everybody's listening. That's right. It's just that good. There's nothing right. sexier than a woman who's been around, had some kids, props up the entire household on her back every single day. That is what's sexy. Damn to. Damn to. Yeah. See, uh, Tim writes, and he sent me a, a, a link to the story. And just in case she's listening, I can't right. even. <laughs> right. You didn't have to a say A civilian that. went on a. But seriously, she does twice the work of course. that I do in yeah. that house. Twice. I don't want to. I don't want to go into it. You know. uh, <laughs> let me put this chair right here, and you just tell yeah, me. Let's what relive the, that story. Suit. Last night she's out of town, and last night for supper I ate toaster strudels, yeah. still frozen. <laughs> Gross. That's how. That's how I eat when she's not there to take care I of me. I saw his tweet. He googled, "Is it safe to eat a frozen toaster strudel?" What the hell is a toaster strudel? A breakfast item. She'll cook for, she'll work an eight hour day and then come home and cook for 45 minutes. How much trouble are you in at home that you're doing this uh, soliloquy of uh, regret? It's just amazing what women do for you. I'm eating frozen toaster strudels because I don't want to fix a box of mac and cheese. (laughs) So you're quoted, you quoted, you're quoted as being, she does twice as much. In this case over here to my right, it might be maybe um, 10 times as much. (laughs) Tell the Pepper steak story. Come on, no, let's come keep. On. Uh, I've told oh, it. Wow. No, I haven't, what is it? I haven't heard it. Well, it was one Sunday years and years ago. Gets to be about four o'clock. I'm a little nervous. There's nothing, <laughs> nothing going, no on. going on here. You know, a couple of little brats running around, and I'm thinking, well, uh, so I went over to her. She's laying on the couch, and when she's laying on the couch, look out because that means the horse is down. Yeah, <laughs> you know. She loves that reference, by the way. Well, I, I don't mean it in the size no, of a right, horse, right, but I right. mean the, the work plow is <laughs> yes, down. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and uh, I said, well, what's the deal? I got I got the flu. Well, you know, four o'clock. I mean, what? And so I said, what were you going to make? And she said, pepper steak. I said, I'll tell you what. I'll put a nice chair. A nice chair. Right next to the stove. Yes. What? And you tell Such. me you tell me exactly what to do. Yeah. And I'll I'll do it. And you can then you can go back on the couch. I'll I'll get it all ready, but I'll set you right here. Right. Tell me you know, what to do. Tell right. me tell me how much Walk of this me through it. stuff. Walk me through Walk it. Walk me through this. And then she said How was that received? Some things I can't say. Yeah. Yeah. Got up and made the pepper steak. Ooh. And uh some of it ended up on me when it was served. How, um, <laughs> how, how good was that pepper steak that uh, while she was in the room there? Did you say, Mm-mm. oh, I praised it. But in your defense, no, there's, there's no defense. There's no defense. No, there's no, there's he no thought defense. he was helping. He thought, yeah, well, yeah, I yeah, said, look. thank God I've watched some of these sensitivity shows. You know. <laughs> You I'll two have it. an interesting relationship because, on the other hand, I wouldn't go that far. You'll be you'll be laying on the floor, writhing in pain, and she'll step over you on her way. Yeah, out that's true. Say, uh, don't go forget to, to don't don't forget to go to the post office, dumb dumb. The biggest mistake, though, is I told you the stove story. What, yeah, remember the stove when Dayton's used to have a. Uh, what was that store Dayton's had? Home, the home store. Yeah, we're at surplus stuff or something. The was outlet, uh, Dayton's Warehouse sale. Dayton's Warehouse, we went there because we needed a new stove and get up to the counter. And uh, the guy says, gas or electric? And she turned to me and said, go ahead and tell him. <laughs> oh, and the guy said, oh, cute, newlyweds. Yeah, right. No, no, no. no. 
<laughs> and I'm so figuring, what the hell? I got a 50-50 shot. 50-50-90. rule. I was wrong. <laughs> Tim wrote me a note and said, uh, I only thought this happened in cartoons. And he linked me to a story where a civilian, a 64-year-old French civilian, got a ride along in a French fighter jet. Hmm. But accidentally ejected himself. And and Tim Tim said his last words were, I wonder what this button does. He's he's fine. He lived, but uh, wasn't terribly uh, happy about it. Uh, And then Kenny, Kenny, uh, I I have an interesting story similar to you losing your knife at a wild game. Several years ago, not long after 9-11, my family and some friends... We're on a trip to the East Coast, which included Baltimore, New York, Boston, Manchester, and Concord, New Hampshire, along with Portsmouth and the southern Maine coast. The scenery, Fun. the history, yeah. homes built in the 1400s, counties established in the 1600s. It was amazing and humbling. As part of that trip, we visited the historic city of downtown Boston, including Faneuil Hall and those historic buildings. We were also there during the Big Dig, that huge central tunneling project through downtown Boston, and during the construction of that beautiful new cable-stayed Bunker Hill Bridge, of which you see those spectacular, dare I say, iconic pictures. No, you can't say iconic. Of course, while we were there, I was very interested in visiting Old Ironsides. Right. Ironsides, a wooden-hulled, three-masted, heavy frigate of the U.S. Navy named by President George Washington after the United States Constitution. She is the world's oldest commissioned naval vessel still afloat. She was launched in 1797, one of six original frigates authorized for construction by the Naval Act of 1794 and the third constructed. Being a well-raised Minnesota farm boy, I have always had the habit of carrying some sort of pocket knife and possibly a pliers in a pouch on my belt. That day I was carrying my father's knife, a vintage three-blade shred with a bone handle oh, that he no. left to me when he died. Uh-oh. You have to remember it was very soon after 9-11, so there was increased security at all national parks and historic places, and this was no exception. They would not allow me on that ship with the pocket knife. I said to them, it's a 200-year-old ship that has no power, no fuel, no electricity or weapons. What do you think I'm going to do, cut the ropes and steal the boat? Remember, the long blade on that knife was probably only two and a half inches. Just as you had Kenny, just as you had Kenny, we had parked, just as you had Kenny, you needed a comma there that I'm missing. We had parked quite a ways away and walked all the way through downtown Boston to get there. There's no way I was walking all the way back to the car to put the knife away. I had a Roycey-like full-size figure. The only choice they gave me was to surrender it to them, and they said I could not have it back when I left. Wow. They wouldn't hold it for me. And you know what's really disheartening about this is that they basically had a mailbox on a post in which they put different things confiscated. I saw them put it in there, and it was the only thing in that box. I walked right by it on the way in and right by it on the way out, and they would not give the knife back to me. To this day, almost two decades later, I still wonder if I should have made a different decision. And even worse, that beautiful trip is always slightly tarnished by that memory. Mm. I'm sorry this story got to be a little longer than I intended, and I hope I didn't bring you boys down. Good luck. Keep your stick on the ice. Quentin. Uh, He didn't bring me down. He didn't bring me down. But you know what? See, common sense doesn't prevail there. The guy's leaving. Give him his knife back. Yeah, absolutely. What what rule are you violating? None. You surrendered the knife to get on old Ironsides. Oh, here comes that guy that gave us the knife. Hey, pal, here. We're not going to throw it away. Take right. it, take it home. Well, with it's you. kind of the same thing that's, that's now happened at airports, where you know we were flying home from San Diego. My wife had bought a nice, expensive bottle of lotion, and she had it in her carry-on, not really thinking of it. 
And then the guy said, well, you can't take this with you. It exceeds the ounce limit or whatever. And I, I, said, I said, are you out of your mind? It's a bottle of hand lotion. And yet, I said, well, looks like your significant other is going to get a nice gift for Mother's Day or whatever. <laughs> Which one of you guys has the has the Grunhofer double smoke cam out oh, here in the refrigerator? Oh, oh, oh. I had the, the sales guy ran up there to, to, to meet with uh, Spencer, and I said, hey. If you're going up there, go get me a ham. I'll pay you back. We're talking about uh, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, located just off Highway 61. You can't miss it. 130 flavors of brats. Are you kidding me? This doesn't exist anywhere else in the country. Double smoked hams for Easter's. Over 20 varieties of beef and chicken sticks. You want steak? They'll cut any kind of steak you want, yes. however you want it. Bacon? They'll cut it however you yes. want it. I like a nice thick bacon. Yes. They've got it all. Beef steaks, roast veal, and chicken. Stuffed chicken breasts. Oh, stuffed chicken breasts. Yeah, yeah. I, marinated. I haven't even mentioned those. No, no, you stuffed haven't. Stuffed chicken breasts. This is the grilling season. Yes. Look at the weather forecast for this weekend, not to mention the double smoked hams you need to put in inventory. I picked mine up on Saturday. You did? I will pick mine up oh, okay. on Saturday. I've already ordered it. Well, you better call ahead, maybe. I did. I called today, and you can still get them, hey, so call. How about dummy over here? It was just about lunchtime, and he sees that in the fridge and goes, well, can we cut this open now? No, we're not cutting it open now. <laughs> My wife took this com. She put the ham in a sandwich. Well, uh, that's not right. This ham needs to be eaten as ham. Well, I, just, just I just peeled off about 17 <laughs> oh layers God. and just started eating, chowing it down. No bread, no cheese, no nothing. Just eat the ham. It's yeah, but fantastic. what's better after Easter oh, than the ham sandwich? Yes. It's oh, on about a Tuesday. That bread gets mm-hmm. in the way. No, no, no. And then you then you're dicing it up and throwing it in the ham and cheese omelet. And there's all sorts. Yeah, okay, of let's not go around. down your chef road here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, don't forget about the beef sticks, the beef and cheddar, and the bacon cheeseburger beef sticks. Out of this world. I, I am serious when I say that serious grillers could get together and have a summer long competition. Yeah, they really could. Hell you yeah. would not run out of flavors. And by the way, uh, we have confirmed the reason uh, our guy Jeff went up there yesterday. The garage door opener will take place at Grunthoffer's. That oh, is official. Right. Really? Spe- uh, that will. It all depends on the forecast. We have to check. It's not on with you. It's not yeah. this Friday. It's we probably not going to. We're. Oh, I think right now it's sixty-one. Is what for this Friday? F- that That's they're not seventy. No, and I think next week it's, there's a chance of rain. So we're looking at possibly if it's not going to happen. We might this Friday, be in May. May third, Friday, yeah, May sixty-one 3rd. Friday. This Friday. Yep, I'm not even going to issue a watch, an opener watch. No, and that could change, but as of right now, it doesn't yeah. look like it's going to happen. If it this changed dramatically, would we be at Grunhofer's this Friday? If it changed dramatically, yeah, we'll be up really? there. Really, really, that doesn't give the listeners much time. Well, they'll, you know what they'll do? They'll adjust. Well, now wait, wait a minute. Now you make a good point, Joe. Sixty-one, sunny and sixty-one on Friday, yeah. but Saturday. Is sunny and seventy one, yeah, but so we don't it open could, on Saturday. But no, but I'm saying it could creep over if that seventy one gets in a little bit earlier. Has has there ever been a a, a time where you've missed it, where it in fact was seventy degrees? No, and no. you didn't think it was. No, we don't make mistakes in garage logic. <laughs> well, remember the time you were gone though, and who was it? Okay, I was gone a few years. Well, was it? Who was that? O'Brien had to O'Brien. call me in Alabama. That's right. Maybe we have permission to open. Permission open. Open the door. Open Go. says me. Go. Plus, you're the boss, O'Brien. At that point, <laughs> did you think I cared where I was? <laughs> right. He kissed your ass like no other yeah, boss. That's all right. Man. He wow. was a good guy, huh? Well, he hired me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and after he hired you, you know what he told me? 
Did I just make a mistake? He said, I may have made the, the <laughs> smartest deal of all time in my career, or I just made the worst mistake. Yeah. Well, I want to take this woman to task. Not unkindly, but uh, Pam writes, The Academy failed to educate all of you on gender. Have you never heard of hermaphroditism? Yes. You know, I thought about that yesterday and just decided not to go down that road. That's well, when you're bo- born with a pair of You've got of two each. units. Yeah, you've got... Well, let me finish this. The definition is, in true uh, gonadal intersex, or true hermaphroditism, an individual has both ovarian and testicular tissue. The ovarian and testicular tissue may be separate, or the two may be combined in what is called an ovatestis. FYI, hermaphroditism is now also known as intersex. If you ask experts at medical centers how often a child is born so noticeably atypical in terms of genitalia, that specialist in sex differentiation is called in. The number comes out to about 1 in 1,500 to 1 in 2,000 births. So my question to you is, what gender is assigned on the birth certificate to a baby born with male-female sex organs? Please educate yourselves on this phenomenon and include this in your discussion on assigned gender at birth. Okay, Pam, uh, not only do I know what hermaphrodites mean or hermaphroditism, I've been recommending a book for years called Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides, who's one of the, it's one of the best novels I've ever read, and it's about a hermaphrodite growing up in Detroit. It's not only a book about hermaphroditis, if that's a word. It's an excellent, excellent history of Detroit in the 1960s. Oh. One of the best books I've ever read. So don't tell me I don't know what hermaphroditism means. And uh, beyond that, I would imagine the sex you get assigned at birth is hermaphrodite. Uh, the right? One, the one case, I, I had a, a, a friend whose younger sister was born, uh, born this way, and they opted for... The set. They opted to make her a female, okay. or the hermaphrodite a female. Huh. And I wonder how often that happens. I don't know. But I can't tell if Pam uh, is uh, uh, very sensitive to uh, the LGBTQRRMNNOPPQR. Well, if she is. Yeah. But I know what it is, Pam. I, I, uh, I've been telling you for years to read that book. It's called Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides. I can't recommend it enough. I think in my Greek class, I studied, uh, studied uh, Hermaphrodites. She was the goddess of confusion. <laughs> Hermaphrodites, she was cousin to Medusa. Uh-huh. Look of stone mm-hmm. when you're making pepper steak. <laughs> Joe turned to stone for five minutes. Well, Hermaphrodite. got very hungry, didn't right. they? Sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, goddess yeah. of confusion. And I did actually think about that yesterday during the discussion, but just decided to... What discussion uh, compelled her note, Pam's note? No, we were talking about that college that is now a Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, Morehouse. Trans. They're not uh, letting you identify as a guy. No, as a gal. That's it. And if you were a gal and you're now a guy, you're in. But if you're a guy and you want to be a gal, you're out. No, because they don't let gals in. Got it. Yeah. Into what? You know, I I had a deep thought the other day. (laughs) I had a deep thought. I was driving down Fairview. There's a couple of these around town, but at about Fairview and Jefferson, Fairview and uh, Palace, mm-hmm. there's an old, plain-looking red brick building. And it says on there... Yeah, I know what that is. The telephone building. Oh. And I thought, there really was a time when life was that uncomplicated. There was... The telephone building. Mm-hmm. You weren't standing in line at some bustling AT&T shop trying to figure out what's going to cost you per month to text and phone people. No. 
they had a telephone building and Ma Frickett worked in there and you'd dial up a number and she'd press a button and you Boom. were talking to somebody. Same thing on Fairview and University. That's, that's right. There's another one. Telephone, telephone building. building. The telephone building. Brick, no Bring windows. Bring back the telephone building. Uh, no. No. Ma Bell. Ma Bell. Ma Bell. Who was the operator in Mayberry that Andy always had to talk to before he could talk to Aunt B? I don't know. Oh, I, I can see it, but I can't. All I can think of is Edith you want to Anna. go back to those days, party lines. You want Edith Ann up there? Uh, you know, hello, operator. What was her name? Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin. Is this the party to whom I am speaking? <laughs> yes. No, I just, I just had a, you know, it's just a pleasant, random, nostalgic thought. Look at that. My, a telephone building. My, my Sarah. Thought is. Sarah was the telephone operator in Mayberry. Yeah. And then downtown, you had uh, NSP. Northern States yep, Power. You dropped your bill off there. Electricity was penny cheap. Penny cheap. <laughs> Sarah, get me the Bluebird Diner. Barney. No, I know it's early, but there will be somebody there. Barn. I just thought I'd be the first to say good morning. He's <laughs> he talking to his girlfriend? Juanita. That's when he serenaded Juanita on the phone. I don't know. I don't know. He was so cool. The All fir- right. All right. I got a couple of... We got to go take the GL jet out to California for a couple of emergency reasons. So we'll be back. A beautiful lawn is just a click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. Actually, the best lawn you'll ever see is guaranteed by clicking ProfessionalTurf.com. And the way it goes down is really so simple. Click that link, schedule a free lawn care estimate, have a seasoned pro, a pro-turf pro, stop by that estate and set up a three- to five-step fertilizer and weed-killing program that will have your lawn looking luscious and luxurious from now until late fall. Click on ProfessionalTurf.com. University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self Esteem. Zip. Nada. Nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. There's a lot of people in the old U.S. of A. who are having a great deal of fun with the California lefties mm-hmm. uh, who are leading the charge to say, oh, bring us your immigrants. We're sanctuary cities and we'll take care of you. And. Uh, Share has been uh, kind of caught in a little oh, yeah. hypocrisy here. Mm-hmm. I don't think Share would score highly on maybe an ACT test. Am I out on a limb there? I think. Uh, I don't think Share's the sharpest pencil in the she box. She might not know what a valley is. I don't know. <laughs> she has been jokingly welcomed to the Republican Party after questioning California's priorities with regard to immigration, while the state struggles with homelessness among its own citizens. On Sunday, she tweeted, I understand helping struggling immigrants, but my city, Los Angeles, isn't taking care of its own. What about the 50,000-plus who live on the streets, who live before below the poverty line and hungry? If my state can't take care of its own, many are vets, how can it take care of more? Welcome to the Republican Party, Cher. Right. <laughs> you moron. Cher's right. uh, argument came as a follow-up to a fit she threw Friday over President Donald Trump's confirmation uh, that his administration was giving strong considerations to placing illegal immigrants in sanctuary cities only. Well, 
What's wrong with that? These are the cities that are saying we're Call ignoring we're ignoring the rule of law. We're ignoring the fact that we're not supposed. Well, he's called the bluff. Right. He said, "Okay, here they come," <clears throat> from, and then people like Cher freak out. From Will Trump I, really do what he just said he would? Will he flood my state with thousands of rapists, murderers? What kind of president is he? What kind of man is he? He's the newest dictator, and he wants his troops to put up internet camps. I'm sorry, internment camps. Yeah. Cher. You're the one who's been crying about this, and now you're... President Trump accused some sanctuary cities, particularly in California, where there's a state law protecting such policies, of balking at the prospect. And then Trump tweets, So interesting to see the mayor of Oakland and other sanctuary cities do not want our currently detained immigrants after release due to the ridiculous court-ordered 20-day rule. If they don't want to serve our nation by taking care of them, why should other cities and towns... Does he have a point here? Of course he does. Yes. But the likes of Cher, uh, who just wants to uh, spout out and doesn't really have a solution, should probably... Oh, she's getting just derailed right now. From what I understand about this whole issue is that this was just something thrown out during a brainstorming meeting. Right. And it was one of many, many, many ideas that were tossed out. And the way I've, I've read a couple of stories about it, the way I understand it is that it was immediately discounted. Mm-hmm. N- nothing further was said, and the meeting went on. So it was just one of many brainstorming ideas. And you've been in brainstorming meetings. What you're looking for. Sometimes you get crazy, you know, and you say some outrageous things. Yeah, but what's crazy about it? Just play devil's advocate. He's saying to the Democrats, you've thwarted everything I've tried to do here. You won't come up with a solution. Let's, you sanctuary cities, you welcome these these guests to your city. And I immediately, when I heard this the first time, started racking my brain. In Minneapolis, have we not, we'd be considered one of those sanctuary cities. Well, sure, because the the people in the salon have said that Trump's an idiot and we have to welcome them. Okay, Jacob Fry. uh, Don't worry about paying for it. Just take them. Come on in. But I think we've come out as either the mayor or somebody came out against this whole policy, and that would make us a sanctuary city. Several Twitter users pointed out Cher's apparent change in heart from 2017 when she urged Americans to provide sanctuary to illegal immigrants in their home and protect them, promising she will do the same. I bet. Well, no, she's now backtracking, of course. Others took the opportunity to uh, say, uh, welcome to the Republican Party, Cher. Uh including uh, uh, Ben Shapiro, who, who tweeted, wow, Trump made Cher into a Republican. <laughs> and well, she doesn't even know it. <laughs> no, she doesn't. But well, let's stay in California, because they don't have any problems with California. No. Other than they may fall off the face of the earth someday with the into the ocean. Well, they're going to ban toiletries. <laughs> <laughs> this California is saved? No more, no more deodorant. Huh? Nope, not in hotels. They're going to take the little bottles. Really? They want the little bottles gone. What? Well, in a few years, those tiny bottles, the little bottles of shampoo, conditioner, and other toiletries. I don't like the word toiletry. Why? What the hell does shampoo have to do with a toilet? Right, toiletry. It's, I don't like toilet. it. Things, it makes me uncomfortable. Things you use in the bathroom. It's just that Call them simple. bathrooms things. Right, bathroom <laughs> items. In a few years, those tiny bottles of shampoo, conditioner, and other toiletries provided by hotels could become a thing of the past in the state of California. The Natural Resources Committee recently advanced a bill which would ban 
lodging establishments from offering small plastic bottles of personal care products to guests. The committee voted 6-3 with two members abstaining to move the measure forward. Democratic Assemblymen Ash Carla and Mark Stone introduced the bill aimed at reducing the amount of plastic in the environment. That won't help. The amount of plastic produced is increasing exponentially, and we must consider all options to reduce this pollution from entering our waste streams, Calra said. Uh, Okay, while it may not appear to be a problem on an individual level, small plastic bottles that are less than 12 ounces represent a sizable amount of waste collectively that the state must address. The ban would prohibit hotels, motels, vacation rentals, and resorts from distributing toiletries in plastic containers 12 ounces or smaller in guest rooms. So now they're going to leave a 50-gallon drum of Prell in there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Prell. Yeah, nice <laughs> reference. Look, that's still a shampoo. Did you get that at Snyder's after waiting for your uh, photos to be done? Yeah, I get my film You know, it's not just there, though, Joe. It's happening here. What is it? Uh, I have it on good authority that the city of St. Paul is going to ban tiny uh, airport bottles of liquor. Hmm. Some long flights, huh? Local agencies would inspect properties for compliance. Violators would receive a written warning for the first violation. After that, the property could face a five <laughs> could face a five hundred dollar fine for uh, each subsequent offense, not to exceed two grand a year. Hospitals, nursing homes, jails, homeless shelters, and hosted rentals, among others, would not be subject to the ban. Last year. The Santa Cruz Board of Supervisors passed an ordinance that banned lodging establishments from providing toiletries and small plastic bottles. Okay. Uh, ain't no whale going to choke on my watch. That's right. right. So right. here's what I'm doing. What now. do you propose? Well, I, w- I learned, I should have known, mm-hmm. I learned that there are some grocery stores, I think Lunds is among them, that will take your the plastic sleeve that your newspapers come in. And there's a receptacle sure, there okay. for them. I've seen that. Now, for all I know, they take them to a burn pile. Yeah, I have I've no idea. <laughs> but I'm going to trust that that it's somehow recycled. So I've been filling. I got wind of this six weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I've been filling. Part of your new daily routine. What's that? Is what? Part of your new. What have you added to your daily routine <laughs> of the, uh, okay. the, ch- the morning checklist? I'm, I'm eager to learn. I'm going to tell you. Okay, it's 8.45. Yeah, Time to go. Bag. You know what that means, I don't Mom? Want, I don't want any grief about this. <laughs> okay. No, I'm, I'm serious. Okay, here we go. I'm, I am committed. I am grief. No sea creature is going under because of me. All right. I'm with you on that. So, okay. Do you leave a little bit of liquor in the bottom of the bottle? No, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> in the three, we get three papers, and each come in a plastic wrapper, yes. plastic bag. Got it. I take the three plastic bags out, and I put them uh, in my scooter. Orange I, for the Pioneer Press, pop, green for yeah, the Star Trib. Yeah, I, clear for the Wall Street Journal. Yep. I pop the seat on the scooter. I stuff them in there. And I'm, it's getting to the point now where I can damn near not shut the seat. and Because I'm waiting for nice weather, and I'll take them down to Lund's. And I'll put them in that uh, in that bin. Yep. Or Kowalski's, whoever does it. I don't know. You can always tell when it's him too, because there's there's uh, paper things flying all the way down. Here Fort comes Parkway. old bag boy again. <laughs> he opens it up in a gust of wind. No, and sends it over of, the Ford it's, plant. It's, it's, it's part of my commitment to. I don't want to. No whale is going to die because of the old mayor. I, I'm with you. I don't want any whale to uh, struggle or dolphin. So or, I got this under control. It's part of the daily routine. Stuff those bags in the scooter. In fact, the international reports are in. Uh, Twelve whales have been saved due yes. to the fact that. Uh, well, I'm not claiming.
timing, I'll save a whale. I'm just saying uh, I'm doing what I can. You ain't going to kill one. Show of hands here, uh, fellas. When you all go to a uh, hotel and there's unused bars of soap, shampoo, conditioner, etc., we all take them. Oh, yeah, right in the bag. <laughs> we all take what are you em. supposed to put in your shaving kit? <laughs> we all take them. Right, okay. You just take them for the next trip. <laughs> okay. Throw them in there and hell yeah. Okay. No, you know what my rationale always has been? For what I'm paying you. Yeah. If you don't think I'm taking this little bottle of shampoo, you're crazy. That's right. right. That's okay. my shampoo. But I draw the line at towels. That would be no, theft. With that, yeah, yeah, you don't need oh, a, no, I don't plus, want a dirty I don't want washcloth. Yeah, okay, do you ever take it to the next level? And as you've, uh, you're have you leaving your room, you've got your bags over your shoulder, and you see the maid's cart there in the hallway. Do you ever help yourself to maybe five, ten more shampoo I do not. I got a lot of hair. I got I a lot not. of hair. I got a conditioner. You got any? No, but I'll grab a clean towel it's like an open it's like an open cleaning mini bar remember the old days when you had you had an ashtray from every hotel you'd been in in the the old days sure and all always in the collection was one from vegas right the old black one you know all charred up because they smoke on like crazy can you imagine going into a hotel room that uh, where they were allowed to smoke. Well, and in this day and age, I, I, no. obviously, I'm old enough to quite well you, remember Matthew, that. You have, but in this day and age, no, no. Matthew, you can in this state casinos. What? Yeah, that's oh, it's heaven. Oh, oh, I didn't even. You go into a casino. No, it's not heaven. Yeah, it is. You can smoke in the buffet line. It's fantastic. <laughs> hey, I got a million dollar idea for Dennis Kirk. What? Some kind of accessory oh, devoted exclusively no, no, no for DennisKirk.com, <laughs> no. an accessory devoted exclusively to taking your plastic bags to a recycling facility. I Dennis think, Kirk has bigger and better ideas. I think you could probably already get them: handlebar bags, saddle bags. Okay, well, trunk you bag. go to the website. Then it's a great website. Oh they God. have one hundred and sixty thousand different products. I'm talking about Minnesota's own Dennis Kirk. They're the best in the business. If you buy a helmet or an apparel item and it doesn't fit or you don't like. It not a problem. DennisKirk.com. We'll even pay the return shipping. DennisKirk.com. Remember this. Order by 8 o'clock today and get it tomorrow. I'm going to call the powers that be, the powers that be at Dennis Kirk and yeah. offer them free my million dollar idea for some sort of plastic waste carrying receptacle. It's a little tube or something like something, that? Something, something, something. They have designers at Dennis Push it Kirk. down there with your thumb. They got everything else you need for a bike. They got to remember that guys like me use these bikes for errands. <laughs> To buy carrots. The scooter turns every errand into an adventure. That's true. So, I'll bet you Dennis Kirk has the parts to get Rookie Scooter back on the road. Yeah, we need to do that. Uh, I need to get that they, would. they have everything you need. Look at that weather forecast, uh, motorcyclists. The day is uh, coming quickly. Kenny, we have to... Uh, I have to uh, 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 disabuse you of your idea that... Uh, uh, the uh, medieval people didn't bring their animals into churches. I have a, I did my homework, and when we return, you're going to get an earful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger, and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. 
Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in March, April, or May and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389, 800-967-3389, The Canopy Group. This segment of the Garage Logic podcast brought to us by ProfessionalTurf.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Are we joined by uh, Five Eyewitness News? Tom Hauser? Yes, we are. Hi, Tom. He's on cloud nine today, bro. How did you get the only interview with the old Trumpster? <laughs> well, it, it, it goes back to October when they called and offered me an interview at the recommendation of someone who I'm not even sure who it was, but somebody had re- recommended that they call me for an interview in the middle of the campaign last year the 2018 campaign, not 16. And we were supposed to have an interview with him when he was at a at a fundraiser at the Intercontinental Hotel over at the airport. We were there. We were in place. We were told president will be down in 20 minutes. And then five minutes later, they come down and say, interview's off. You can go home. Mm-hmm. So I had just said, well, if the opportunity ever presents itself again and he's in town, we're willing to go through this drill again. And then they called on Friday and said, let's give it a try on Monday. Mm-hmm. And that's how it came about. Hey, you've interviewed other presidents, haven't you? Yes. How did you find this experience compared to those experiences? You know, it was, it was interesting. It, you know, they're all a little, a little different, but, you know, President Trump was very gracious. Uh, he didn't give me the, the fake news treatment. Right. And no questions were off limits. And... Uh, the only thing that that was a bit constricting was the time. I had five minutes with him, mm-hmm. but five minutes with the president of the United States is is a pretty good five minutes, regardless of of who the president is. And so it was it was interesting. Everything happens very quickly. We literally didn't know until the last couple of minutes whether it was even going to happen because he can change his mind in a heartbeat. And uh, fortunately, yesterday he. Went through with it, and we had five minutes, and then he was off to take a few pictures with some VIPs, and then back on Air Force One. I'm uh, fascinated with the whole Ilhan Omar uh, controversy in this country, and I I was pleased that you asked him about it, and uh, he doesn't back down from that question. I, I, I'm paraphrasing for you. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did you say? To, did you uh, ask him if he was intending, or did he regret the tweet? Well, where he had the yeah. burning towers and a comment about her, and he and his answer was terribly honest, terribly candid. No, he doesn't regret it. And I thought he said something that was uh, that was pretty intuitive. He said she doesn't get this country, or no, she doesn't get life. She doesn't understand life. Remember that answer? Yes, I do. And and, and I thought, no, you're you're wrong. You're on the right track, uh, Don. She understands life. I I think it would be fun to pursue with him sometime. Uh, what life is it she understands? 
Yeah, and 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 I I can't pretend to get into the head of Congresswoman uh, Omar and why she says some of the things she says, and seems to have no idea, at least outwardly. I mean, from what we can see from the outside in, she appears to have no idea the firestorm she is about to start. Well, they're uh, she both seems they're to be bo- taken by surprise. Well, she's as polarizing as he is, uh, but I never really struggle to understand context when it comes to what President Trump says. I basically understand what he's saying. I I struggle for the context. See, we're always said those who criticize Omar are said, well, you've taken her remarks out of context. It's hard to pin somebody down and ask them, well, what what, what was the context I was supposed to have understood? Yes, and and especially in that one line, regardless of the context, and even when you hear more of the words of the speech, it it still it still does appear to be somewhat minimizing what happened on nine eleven to just say some people did something. Mm-hmm. You, we've we've talked about that down here in the Capitol press corps about different ways she could have said it. She could have said some very evil people did some very evil things. But guess what? We're not all like that. Right. right that's right. that's all she had to say, and there would have been no no controversy. But that's not what she said. And regardless of the of the exact context, uh, it just it was going to not be. It was not going to go well for her. I get the feeling if Trump was in the mood, and I watched your interview with him, he seemed like he was in a fairly uh, affable mood. I get the feeling you could ask him anything you want. Yeah, he was, and I was told ahead of time, and then when we, you know, a couple days ahead of time, and then when I showed up uh, to do the interview, there was nothing off limits. The only mm-hmm. thing off limits was going beyond five minutes. Mm-hmm. So what the the problem, and you know from all the interviews you've done, what that does is limit your follow-ups, mm-hmm. unless you just want to stick on one topic, because you can ask him a question and he can talk for two minutes. Well, Rookie was in charge of getting him for the podcast, but failed miserably. Yeah, I was going to say, how did that go? You're to be congratulated. So here's my, uh, let me go back to my text here. (laughs) And I said to uh, Mr. Um, Hauser, his his response to me, I will say there is next to zero chance you would do it, but you can be very persuasive. I'm in Buffalo, but uh, Emmer might be a good contact, okay, to get the president on. And then a couple of texts later from Mr. Hauser, uh, I said, thanks, bro. You got yours, but I got screwed. Just kidding. Nice job. He says, I was sworn to secrecy. They offered it to me on Friday as a makeup for him uh, not doing the interview in October. He figured he had a 50-50 shot. All so Hauser, Hauser took our slot. He yeah. took the yeah. GL podcast Tom, Tom got the Garage Logic spot. Yeah. Uh, I have a question for Tom. Was Sarah there? Sarah Sanders, was she there? Uh, I did not see her. Oh, I was, uh, so I do not believe she was there. Oh, I was just wondering if she asked you about me. That's that's always. <laughs> I thought you were afraid of her. Just <laughs> but in a good way. A lot of help you are, Tom. <laughs> well, okay. the 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 next time I'm at the White House, I yeah. will seek her out and and seek comment from her yeah. about you. Tell where her were I you guys? Uh, where were you guys chatting at the airport? No, we were in the motorcade, so we were actually out on the the tarmac. Oh, no. uh, we were on the tarmac, which was also an interesting place to be when the president uh, I bet. came off the plane. And so we were just, you know, 20, 20 or 30 feet from him yeah. uh, as he's getting into the limo and chatting with people out there. And then we had to run to get into a press van, 
uh, one of three uh, press vans. One of them was local traveling press pool, which uh, oh. was really just the Star Tribune and us. And then there were actually a couple others, somebody from the Washington Post and somebody else. And then we were in the motorcade. So, by the way, if you want to get around construction... Yeah, that's what I was going to ask City, you. Just get in the motorcade. That's really... That had to be pretty cool. Nobody on the freeway but you guys. Yeah, it was. It, it was. I, I took a few pictures of that that I posted did on Facebook the, uh, about going through the construction areas even, and we just sailed right through. Did the driver, uh, how do I put this, stretch the cables a little? Were they uh, hauling tail? You know, I, I was in the back of the van, so I didn't get to see the speedometer, but it did not feel like okay. uh, like we were going at an excessive rate of speed. But right. I don't think anybody was going to quibble with him if he was, because they're just <laughs> following however fast the president was going. Right. Tommy, when President Bush came to Eden Prairie during his second term, I was part of that press pool. Uh, he had oh. something out in Eden Prairie, and I that was the coolest thing, was seeing Air Force One pull up on the tarmac at the airport. And then I, we hopped in a white van. You know, we were way in the back. We weren't. But it was just cool to just fly down the freeway, go to Eden Prairie, and then you sat around and came back. Yeah, how times have changed. Well, now I'll you say. know a guy that works at the airport. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the only, other, the only other time I've been in a motorcade was, uh, and this, I can't wait to see the response to this, back in uh, sometime in the late 80s, uh, early 90s when I was working at an NBC affiliate in Des Moines, I was in Dan Quayle's motorcade. Huh. Nice. Well, were you in a Yugo with two other people? <laughs> Cloud car. All I remember is we stopped at a donut shop <laughs> and went in to get donuts, and we hopped out, and everybody's hovering around the vice president as he's buying uh, donuts. Tom, thank you, and let me know if you're ever going to get an interview with Ilhan Omar. I, I want to be present. That sometimes I think is tougher than getting one with the president. I think you're right. I think you're right. Thank you very nice much. Nice job, Tom. All right, guys. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. That reminds me of the only motorcade I was ever in. What? Vikings at the Bears. Okay. Monday night game. Bud, as was his want, cut it always close on the clock. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to. He didn't want to get there too early. Didn't have anything to do. <laughs> right. He ordered Bussy when there was, was slowdown. What's the main street in Chicago? Michigan Avenue. Yeah. There's a slowdown on Michigan Avenue. He's got a couple of uh, motorcycle cops ahead of him. Bud said, get this damn thing on the sidewalk. The thing went up on the sidewalk. People are running for their lives, oh getting out God. of the way, and then back down on Michigan Avenue because he was skirting <laughs> some trouble that was slowing him down. The Vikings say hello. Bud. Yeah. <laughs> right. Is that why you are the way you are with live events? You don't want to get your, or, and with guests and things of that nature? What do you mean? You probably what? share that same quality with Bud. Yeah, you're uh, kind of the same way. Let's, let's, let's get going here. Let's get going. That's kind the of the same way The best way are. to interview people is not talk to them before you interview them. Yeah. I'm convinced of that. Uh, Such has the, 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 the whole NASCAR thing going. I learned when I was uh, backstage at a NASCAR race that uh, they're so besieged by people that the racers, when they're walking somewhere, Never break stride. You can talk to them, but you got to keep up with them, and Mm -hmm. they are not slowing down. They call them drive-bys, right? And that's how Such is when he enters and leaves the fairgrounds. Well, he he gets that. He spools it up. He (laughs) spools up that weird gate of his and kind of sideways dog tracked the hell out of there. (laughs) You know who else practices that is Jack Nicklaus, and he did at the 91 U.S. Open Mm -hmm. when I was on the sidelines. And I handed out my card, ticket for him to sign. 
did not break stride as he's going back. I put my hand out on his shoulder to slow him down oh. so I could say, oh, hey. Oh, you don't touch him. Oh. Uh, it was like touching Jesus' cloak. You he don't felt touch the power. Him. You don't and touch I him. humbly said, thank you, Mr. Nicholas. And When's the last time you guys have been to a fundraiser for a good charity or a school? It's been a while. Brewer's Ball, just a couple weeks ago. I do about six a year, and there's always an amazing array of sports memorabilia. How do they get that and stuff? And I always wonder, who has to do this? Who's right. in charge? right. Get a hold of Big Time Sports Auctions. They provide sports and entertainment memorabilia for silent auctions. But here's the best part. They put it together. They customize it. There's no money out of your pocket. Big Time Sports keeps a taste, and the rest goes to the organization. And they do everything. You don't need to lift a finger. They'll put together a package of items for your group, Vikings, Twins, Wild, Packers, whatever makes sense. They bring the items to your event. They set it up. They create the bid sheets. They pick up the unsold items after the event. You don't have to do anything except take credit for a great, great event. Big Time Sports Auctions works with all kinds of groups and events, booster clubs, churches, schools, nonprofits, rotary clubs, golf tournaments. They can help you with your next event. Go to btsauctions.com. That's B-T-X, B-T-S, auctions.com. Hey, GLers, how would you like to hit the open road, see the country, and get paid to do it? Here's your chance. For over 100 years, Jefferson Lines has provided exceptional motor coach service, and they are looking to expand their driver network. Get behind the wheel and captain your passengers across Minnesota and throughout the Midwest. Jefferson Lines offers competitive pay, benefits, and a $1,500 signing bonus. Experience the freedom of the open road and the satisfaction of safely delivering your riders to their destinations. There's nobody I would trust more behind the wheel than a true GLer. Go to JeffersonLines.com and click on Careers for more details. That's JeffersonLines.com and click careers to apply today. Hey folks, John Man here and you're listening to Garage Logic. I mean, the mayor, he's the guy that, that runs that thing. I mean, I mean he's the guy that, that takes care of all that stuff the mayors do. Fireworks, uh, starting up stuff, still doing, you know, he's, he's Joe Shustray. I mean, the mayor! Oh, who hit, who hit your post? Who hit your post? Nice job, Bert. So you get to Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Store. It's going to be a great spring weekend. They have all the yard needs you have and the cleanup bags and rakes and everything under the sun. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Store. Don't forget grills. And grills. Ooh. Uh, you know who's pushing back against Alexandria Occasional Cortex? Who? Nancy Pelosi. Really? Mm-hmm. She launched another insult at the upstart during an interview Monday. When we won this election, it wasn't in districts like mine, Pelosi said, or Alexandria's. However, she's a wonderful member of Congress. I think all of our colleagues will attest. Pelosi was speaking at the London School of Economics and Political Science when she was asked about the popularity of Democratic Socialist Occasional Cortex. But those districts that are solidly Democratic, this glass of water would win with a D next to its name in her district. (laughs) She said to laughter from the audience. And not to diminish the exuberance and personality, but we're talking about three who are getting a good deal of press on it. But the 43 districts, we won 43 net gain of 40. We're right down to the middle. This follows up on another jab that made headlines when Pelosi dismissively said that the progressive wing that Occasional Cortex led was comprised of about five people. While the far-left progressive policies of Occasional Cortex and her dexterity 
uh, catapulted her to the forefront of Democratic media coverage. More establishment Democrats have criticized her for trying to remake the party in her radical image. So she, I see a picture of her here. She's at the London uh, School of Economics, and there's water on the table. And she said, this glass of water would want her just if you put a D next to it. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you, Nancy, for pushing back. We'll take every inch we can get. All right, Kenny. I contend that the old oh medieval churches goes. had slanted floors <laughs> uh, built of stone. You're so cute. Because the uh, the uh, farmers and whatnot uh, brought their uh, this... animals in, and you needed to clean up after the animals. And uh, Joe, your naivete reminds me of the day you trotted out that cross out in North Dakota where all the cows were eating, and oh, yeah. you thought that was some kind of alien Yeah, thing well, or... just why don't you be prepared to learn, okay? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I looked up the medieval church. As did I. I doubt if you did. Did you come across this document? Uh, no. Okay. Ooh, you got something, really? Uh, yeah, this is, right. from, this is from the History and Learning site. The medieval church played a far greater role in medieval England than the church does today. In medieval England, the church dominated everybody's life. All medieval people, be they village peasants or townspeople, believed that God, heaven, and hell all existed. From the very earliest of ages, the people were taught that the only way they could get to heaven was if the church let them. Everyone would have been terrified of hell, and the people would have been told of the sheer horrors awaiting them in hell in the weekly services they attended. I won't read this whole thing. But the church had total control. Peasants worked for free on church land. This this proved difficult for peasants because the time they spent working on the church land could have been better spent working on their own plots of land. They paid 10% of what they earned in a year to the church. It was called tithing. Uh, tithes could be paid in either money or in goods produced by the peasant farmers. As peasants had little money, they almost always had to pay in seeds, harvested grain, or animals. Okay. This usually caused a peasant a lot of hardship, as seeds, for example, would be needed to feed a family the following year. What the church got in tithes was kept in huge tithe barns. A lot of the stored grain would have been eaten by rats or poisoned by their urine. A failure to pay tithes, so the peasants were told by the church, would lead to their souls going to hell after they died. Wow. <laughs> what a great church. So, right. it's a hell of a church, isn't it? Who was Pope at that time? Uh, <laughs> he had a couple of brothers who were fishermen. <laughs> going to hell if you don't pay. This is one of the reasons the church was so wealthy. One of the reasons Henry VIII wanted to reform the church was to get a hold of the Catholic Church's money. People were too scared not to pay tithes, despite the difficulties it meant for them. You also had to pay for baptisms. Uh, The church did not have to pay taxes. This saved them a vast sum of money and made it far more wealthy than any king of England at the time. And the sheer wealth of the church is best shown in its buildings. You still haven't told me anything I didn't already just know. In medieval England, peasants (laughs) lived in crock houses. These were filthy, usually no more than two rooms with a wooden frame covered with wattle and a daub, a mixture of mud, straw, and manure. No crock house exists now. Most simply collapsed after a while. They were so poorly built. However, there are many medieval churches around, and the way they were built have lasted for centuries as an indication of how well they were built and money the church had to invest in these buildings. Invariably, these churches were built with slanted stone floors so that when a peasant brought an animal in as a payment, it was easier to clean up after the animal and easier to clean up after the uh, peasants and the animals had left the church. That sounds remarkably word for word exactly. Give me that sheet of paper. 
That's the same thing. You type. Give me that sheet of paper. You type this out yourself, you lying sack of. I like the fact that the captain. I didn't lying. type it out myself. I just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> See? <laughs> I'm going, wait a minute. This is word for word no, no, what yeah. he said yesterday. I made that up. <laughs> I like the fact that the Catholic Church would go to a construction company and say, build us a, a, a structure or you're going straight to hell. You know where I learned a lot about the medieval church was from Ken uh, Ken Follett's series sure. of books. They're fascinating. Okay, but I am going to offer this. And that's why I disagreed with you yesterday, because not once do I remember anything about cattle in the church. If the put-upon parishioners had to pay up, cough it up, bring us your seeds, right, bring yeah. us your grain, bring us your animals. Everything. It stands to reason that on occasion those animals would have been brought into the church. Yeah, but That's they, my story, and I'm sticking to it. The floors were, yeah. And they slanted the floors, and they were made of stone. You know what? You, I bet you could go right down to our Capitol right now and walk up the steps, and you'd find out that the steps are all cupped. And that's just from years and years of wear and but tear. But they're not slanted to the middle for drainage. <laughs> it's just, and they uh, should be in a legislature for all the BS that's been used there. Until you fessed up. I'm, uh, I compl- I completely bought that. Oh, it was completely worth, buy it now. It's I'm not. No. You know who told me this? Your drunk I took a trip. Uncle. He, no, he didn't even drink. My uncle Phil, who Did was he a, drink those little airplane. He bottles? was a doctor and a thinker. He was a great thinker. And we were on a we were uh, Phil, me, and two of my cousins, two of Phil's daughters, went to find the old family farmstead in the Loire Valley of France. Oh, mm-hmm. fun! And cool. I've told you that story. Yeah. Uh, there it is, a farmstead with the name Souchere out oh, front. Neat. And you and I could have walked up to that farmhouse and leaned on it and knocked it down. <laughs> and the owner yeah. lived in Paris. And on that trip, we went to various churches, and they all had stone. I'm not making this up. Stone floors that slanted to the middle, and Phil said that's because when they would bring animals in here, it was easier to throw pails of water onto the floor, and all of the waste would go down to the middle, and then they could clean it up. And that's a true but story. Normally, there's a gutter, what's called a gutter. They involved. had them. They got a gutter. <laughs> so you were saying you were consoled by a Dr. Phil. Like my. <laughs> yes. Okay. My dairy barn has a gutter, yeah, well, and, and it all them. it all goes into the gutter, and then it's guided out the door. You can get the gutter. They got <laughs> you. I don't know what you to have believe. cows in there? No. Oh. If they had yeah. to tithe, and they didn't have enough grain and enough you seeds, don't bring then your you, brown you bring a, Swiss you into a, the sanctuary. You bring a pig or a chicken <laughs> no, or something. No, you I don't. Yes, you did. That BS you just read stated that they had barns. And That's I remember where they put the grain. They didn't put the animals in the barns. The barns had front row pews. I mean, the animals had front row pews. Hey, Padre, I can't pay up again this week. You want me to bring the trick monkey next week? I got to entertain gotta, the kids. You find me proof of a Why did you just do Mrs. O'Wiggins? Mrs. O'Wiggins is here. I can't pay up, but I got the... Got that trick monkey. Couple of Snicker bars We're and a Coke. We're not talking about monkeys. I got a couple of Snicker bars and a Coke, and he's fine. What is wrong with you? I bet you spent hours yesterday oh. finding that on the internet, oh, didn't you? Yeah, I was determined to find it's pretty it. Pretty damn good. That's he got clo- me. You know what? That's as close as I could go. Yeah. Find me proof of a cow in a church, and I'll believe. Oh, they it. were there. They, yeah. uh-huh. Especially during Holy Week. Tied up. All- 
One size rarely fits anyone. That's why you have to consider Federated Insurance, Owatonna, Minnesota's own Federated Insurance. They tailor the insurance programs to your individual business, offering property and casualty life disability income insurance. Their marketing representatives are the best in the business. They love the company. That helps. If they love the company, you're going to love working with them. They get to know you and how your business works, and that allows them to customize the coverage you need. They'll take care of your driving needs with auto liability. Look at today's headlines. You might want to have data compromise coverage. Your business is unique. You need an insurance carrier who treats it that way. Get in touch with a Federated Insurance Marketing Representative to see how their second-to-none service can help your business thrive because at Federated, it's their business to protect yours. The best lawn you've ever had is a simple click away at ProfessionalTurf.com. That tired, patchy, disease-riddled disaster of a lawn you've been fighting for years It'll be transformed into a thick, luscious carpet of green. ProfessionalTurf.com, they've been at it since the earliest of the 80s, and they're going to come out to your place, give you a free lawn care estimate, and then set you up with a three- to five-step program that will have you with the best lawn in the block from now until late fall. ProfessionalTurf.com. Justice and the Souchere. So you don't forget our friends at DennisKirk.com with more than 160,000 products in stock for you and your motorcycle, and it doesn't make any difference what kind of bike you ride. $89 order, ship free, and DennisKirk.com pays return shipping on helmet and apparel products. DennisKirk.com, order today and get it tomorrow. Chick-fil-A is back in the news. Oh, I love Chick-fil-A. Yeah, why do you make me hungry like that? This is an odd one. A group of protesters took to the ice at a Cincinnati Cyclones hockey game last Saturday to slam Chick-fil-A over what they believe to be the company's anti-gay views. During the minor league game's playoff game against the Kalamazoo Wings, the protesters unfurled signs reading Chick-fil-A is anti-gay while riding a Chick-fil-A-sponsored Zamboni during the game's first period. A team spokesperson said the group had boarded the Fan Zam Zamboni with their signs hidden beneath a decoy birthday sign. Seven protesters were later banned from attending future Cyclone games at Cincinnati's U.S. Bank Arena, and signs will no longer be allowed on the Zamboni. A team spokesperson confirmed to the Cincinnati Inquirer. The incident marks the latest in a string of backlash against the fast food chain following its rejection from the concession area at both the San Antonio and Buffalo airports, as well as protests ahead of a location's opening at the San Jose International Airport. In each case, local politicians within the city council had voiced concern over the restaurant's openings due to perceived anti-LGBTQRMNOPQRSTUVWXYZ behavior on the part of Chick-fil-A, especially its foundation's charitable donations to organizations that have come under scrutiny regarding their stance on LGBTQRMNOPQRSTUVWXYZ. Let me stop right there. The people who run Chick-fil-A are perfectly entitled to their... To, to their thoughts, and and they can't be shut down by these fruitcakes who steal zambonis. Um, what arrogance to think that you should have to or be the one to uh, try and get the word out that Chick Fil A needs to be shut down. It's stupid. 
Who yeah. cares? The 140,000 people who serve customers in our restaurants on a daily basis represent and embrace all people, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or gender identity. Our intent, said Chick-fil-A, is to have a positive influence on all those who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A read, has read, probably done more for charity than any read, fruitcakes read that. Read it completely over again. I want, I want to hear that last graph. The 140,000 people who serve customers in our restaurants on a daily basis represent and embrace all people, regardless of race, gender, ethnicity, sexual orientation, or gender identity. Our intent is to have a positive influence on all who come in contact with Chick-fil-A. That flies directly in the face of what I'm seeing right now. I'm on um, Chick-fil-A.com. I'm on National LGBTQ Task Force, and they uh, are saying, um, imagine heading to work each day fearing it could be your last simply because a supervisor or a colleague didn't approve of you being lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, and they were appalled that you just married your same-sex partner. Well, if in fact you are, you have one hell of a lawsuit because they are breaking the law. Now, that's not what's being contended and, by Chick-fil-A. And, and well, according to the uh, LGBTQ task force, it is. And what you just read from Chick-fil-A flies in the face of that. Right. Well, I'll take Chick-fil-A's version of this over the task force. And I don't believe Chick-fil-A is in the business of getting involved in lawsuits, are they? They want to sell chicken. Yeah. They've got those cows. Matthew, they want to sell the best jam chicken ever made. Right. Minus the buns. Why aren't they advertised with us? I don't know. know, If you want to become a partner with us, all you got to do is let us know. Email us and we'll put you in touch with the right people. You can pay me in uh, chicken breast. You don't even have to spend money on buns. That was one of the best afternoons ever when he uh, ate about 17 patties. Just bring a dump truck full of chicken fillet. So then he funny. went to J.D. Hoyt's was, was and had dinner. Was that the day he left all the buns behind? Yeah. Yes. He just threw the buns and just wanted the chicken. Yeah. And then, and then says, went to J.D. Hoyt's for dinner. And who, when we got to J.D. Hoyt's, one of the best restaurants in town, who ordered the cheese plate? Me. Why did you do that, you dummy? Because I, I had already eaten dinner. Order a steak. I'll eat it. I'll it was bring after it six. I had yeah. already eaten dinner. Well, I have to eat at dinner. I have to have Too supper to when bed. the bell rings. I have to have it. <laughs> hey, we got a brand new Greg Holcomb creation online at garagelogic.com. Plus, we've got all sorts of our back podcasts. If you're new to the podcast, thank you. We've got some great stuff that we've done over the past, what is it, 138 episodes? Today was 139. All right. Well, then you got your work cut out for you. Go to garagelogic.com. Don't forget to rate us on Apple iTunes. And as Joe said, if you think you want to be part of this, we got some great advertisers. And we're always looking for more to get that word out. Garage Logic podcast version.